You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So we started, I guess just last week. I know I I mentioned some of this to you the week before, but we started um, talking last week about this idea of knowing God intimately, knowing his nature and his ways. And again, I'm just going to repeat this. Some of you are are new here and and the rest of you have heard it a couple of times, so maybe you'll get it this time. Uh, Over over the, in December, we send out our Christmas cards. I put a little newsletter, not newsletter, whatever you call it, little letter in there saying, telling some people about the year. One of the things I mentioned in there was uh, this healing that took place. Uh, And I'm going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to use that as an example, that testimony as an example. And I want to say right now, you know, it was was Barb that experienced this. This isn't about Barb, okay? Barb's wonderful, but this isn't about Barb. This is just a, it's a testimony from the house. And there are a lot of good components to it. So I really, I want to talk to you about healing this morning. And I I want to talk to you about that. But the reason I got on this, it just really impacted me because I sent out this letter. I just mentioned that along with some other things about the church because that's you know a huge aspect of our lives. I had to try and think of other things, I and mean, we've done other things, you know, we've 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 done other things throughout the year, but you know, the church is where we live. So, so I had to think of the other things and then put in some about what was going on in the church. And I just mentioned I wasn't, I didn't have an agenda. I didn't. None of that. I just told him that this this healing took place in her ribs after she broke her ribs, and and I'm going to go through that with you in a few minutes. But we, I had two people call and mention it. But the one was this person that is he's a family member, and he is he was he used to be my best friend in the world. We've we've. We don't see each other much anymore, but I've known him since I was about 10 years old. I, I love the guy. And our lives went different directions. And I know at one time he'd made a commitment to the Lord, but some things happened in his life. He got mad at God and mad at Christians and for years has said, I don't believe in God. Well, when he called me, again, I know you've heard this, his statement to me was, I've always believed in God, which honestly, I wasn't sure that was true. We've been praying for him for decades. I've always believed in God. I've never believed in Jesus. But hearing about this healing taking place, just hearing that testimony, he said, is causing me to reevaluate what I believe. And that, that sparked a lot of things on the inside of me. Number one, I'm thrilled that he's really reevaluating what he believes. And I have no doubt I'm sure God will use us some. I believe with all my heart there are already other laborers going to him where he lives, where he is, and sowing seed in a way that he can understand. I'm sure the Lord is touching his life, and that's our prayer. But I got thinking about the whole thing and how we emphasize testimony. We have our testimony book out there, and and Barb is right now writing this testimony up to get it into the book. But anyway, we have our testimony book out there, and it's because we want a record of what God is doing in all of our lives and what he's doing in the church, the things that he's doing. You know, um, 
by the way, uh, Justin stopped by here on Friday. He was he left Saskatoon at 54 below zero, and he he had to do some things with his car, and so he drives down here in the middle of the winter, you know. And anyway, came down, and he had a bunch of uh, YWAM meetings and things. He's, he had meetings on the Front Range. He had meetings in Utah. He had meetings in Idaho. And, you know, he just made this huge loop. So he texts me on Thursday night or Friday morning and says, hey, I'm in Gunnison, you know, and can you get together for coffee? So anyway, we spent about three hours with him. But one of the things he was talking about was that when they were, uh, I think it was in Tibet for years, um, but it was, it was one of the places, I think it was Tibet. Anyway, he was ministering to a group of people in a church there. And and they were trying to figure out, okay, what has God been doing for the last 10, 20 years? What has God been doing? Because it'll help us flow with what he is doing. And they said, you know, he's done a whole bunch of things, but I can't think of any of them right now. I can't remember. They couldn't remember the things that God has done. And as they began to talk about it, some of them came back up. But they said, you know what? We need to start to record what God is doing so that we can remember. I know for me personally, if I don't write it down and go back to it, I I feel terrible, but I forget really wonderful things that God has done. Luckily, I'm married to a person with an elephant memory. So, you know, (laughs) she remembers it all. But you know, I have to have that. And and I need that encouragement at times to go back and see what God has done. And sometimes it lays such a pattern. But anyway, so, you know, so I brought all of this began to come up in me in two ways. One was this idea, I believe in God, but I've never believed in Jesus. It is not possible to know God to know his nature and know his ways without knowing Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus straightens out, looking at who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, straightens out all of our messed up ideas about who God might be. Okay, it, he, he is, brings this clear picture to us. And so to me, while I was still on the phone, I thought, well, that explains some things. You know, if you don't accept Jesus and begin to walk with Jesus and let him reveal the Father, you're not going to know the Father. You're going to have ideas about the Father. But we talked last week about we get to know, it is our privilege to know him intimately, to know his nature who he is and his ways, his patterns of living, his methods, how he puts the principles of himself, which we have in the word to work, how he walks, how he interacts, how he approaches different situations. We get to know all of that. And Paul said, it's my one pursuit in life. It is my single pursuit to know him. So you can pick up the teaching from last week, if you'd like to, but that's we, we talked about the fact that as we look to the Word, as we interact with the Lord in His Word, or uh, in worship, in, in encounters with His person and His presence, as we do all of that, it's our responsibility to look to, when I see Him move in His Word, when I see Jesus, just for the example, Jesus, uh, 
heals someone or Jesus ministers to someone or Jesus confronts someone, my, I need to look at that and say, what does that say about your nature? What, what do I see? What, when you, every miracle that Jesus did speaks to his nature. It's a sign that points to who he is. It should always lead us. We get excited about miracles happening and that's wonderful. We should be. But we also need to go deeper than that and look to see what does this say about his nature? The fact that he heals a person says he is a healer. He doesn't act outside of his nature. He, he can't lie. He can't deceive. He's not shadowy. He is who he is and what he does flows directly out of his nature. And so, and we've said this many times, you can look through, you can look at the Old Testament, you can look at, and of course, you got to differentiate between the covenants that we're living in. I mean, the New Testament is a very different covenant from the Old Covenant. But you can look at the Ten Commandments. Every one of those, why are we not supposed to murder? Because God's not a murderer. You know, why, why, are, why do we honor? Why do we uh, live in love? Why why don't we why are we told not to lie because God's not a liar? Why does he say don't steal? Because he's not a thief. You know, and and we can develop all kinds of weird theologies if we don't stick to the nature of God as primarily revealed in Jesus Christ. So from that so so that impacted me secondly in that whole situation uh you know, the the importance of testimony, which I talk to you about frequently, impacted me. And then thirdly, I started to think about the actual testimony again. This happened last spring, and I, I hadn't thought about it a lot. It was a cool thing. It came to mind, so I put it in there. But I started thinking about the components of what happened uh, with that particular healing, and I and it got me thinking about healing and thinking about this from two directions. And I guess I'd like I guess I'm not big on New Year's stuff personally. I think we need to live steadily every day. But it is the beginning of a new year. And I think it'd be great if every one of us said in our heart to pray for healing for more people this year and to believe to receive healing on a greater level this year. I know there's so much more than what we see. We see a little, but we'll never see more unless we press in to more. And we need to start with the foundation of who God is as a healer. And so I want to talk to you about that today. And again, I'm going to use this particular, we've had a number of great healings in this church. I'm going to use this particular one just because it's fresh, it's close, it's not, in fact, I'm sure she wishes she was in the nursery, it's not about Barb, okay? But what happened was, just to recount this again, I talked to her a little bit more to get my facts straight, so they'll be closer. This will be closer to the truth than the last time I told you this story. Uh, what happened was she had fallen and, and broken two ribs, two ribs, one of them in two places, so there were three breaks. She did go to the doctor and, and did all of that. They, they don't really wrap you anymore, apparently, or at least they didn't for this, but, but the one rib that was broken in two places was kind of displaced too. And so the instruction was basically don't do anything for the next six weeks and you'll be okay. And it hurt a lot, yeah. So uh, she came to church, which that's number one. She came to church. She was in pain. She came to church, okay, because 
there's a different manifestation of the presence of God in our groups than there is in our individual life. They're both essential. They're both both important. But God does things with in the corporate setting that He doesn't do in our, you know, in our individual. We just understand this. I don't know why. I understand the power of agreement. I understand those things. But God loves to move in the gathering, and so He does. So that particular Sunday, I felt impressed to pray for people. I didn't know I was going to do that that morning. She didn't know I was going to do that that morning. But I, I just felt during worship impressed to have a prayer line. We prayed for people. She got out of her chair and came up when prayer was offered. That's the second thing. We need to be willing to receive prayer. And so we went along and prayed. And, you know, I don't remember feeling anything in particular. She felt the ribs shift and change when she went back to her chair. And, but she made a decision at that point. She still had pain. She felt like she was about 80% healed. It was much better, but it wasn't finished. We see that a lot. And that's why a lot of times, especially like on Remedy Worship Nights and things, when we're praying for people or having, having groups, you know, praying together over people, we'll say, who feels 50, 60, 70% better? And then we'll often pray for those people again. There's nothing wrong with praying for people again. I think we've gotten it, and, I, and I'm going to, if I ever get to my notes, uh, we'll look at this from the Word. A lot of the healings that are in Scripture were not instantaneous. Some were, some were not. There's a, there's a word in the Greek uh, that's used about healing. Well, they're all just translated healed, you know, in English. But there's one in the Greek that means to bring a cure. It's where we get the term therapy. It's the idea of to present a cure. It doesn't always happen instantaneously. So when, when, when we or somebody we're praying for experiences a partial healing, number one, celebrate. Thank God right there and then. And then go ahead and pray again. But this, you know, when, when she left here, she felt about 80% better. She got home, but she believed in her heart. God's my healer. I am healed. And so contrary, and you'll just have to pray this out on your own. But anyway, contrary to the doctor's orders, she decided I'm healed. I'm going to mow my lawn. My lawn needs to be mowed. And, and this was the first time of the year. So it took about, she said, 20 pulls to get her. So she's got broken ribs and she's pulling the lawnmower. And she, she started the mower. She pushed it through the deep grass. She did that. She rejoiced. I remember her telling us that she'd done that. And then uh, within, and I just won't go through it all, but the point is she started to do or try to do what she couldn't do before. And it's not about being contrary to the doctors. It's not about any of that. You need to pray through that. So I've seen over the years people do really stupid things with deciding, it wasn't it working in their heart yet, but deciding, well, I got prayed for, so I'm going to throw my medicine away. Well, throw your medicine away when the medicine stops working or when it starts causing problems. When your body changes, you won't need the medicine. That's when you throw the medicine away, in my opinion. But anyway, she started doing things. The next day, she rode her bike. And then uh, after that, sometime later, I remember we were going up to do a bike ride and we invited her to go along. This is maybe a week or two later. She knows. And uh, and we'd say, hey, you know, I don't know if you can do this, but do you want to go up and do this ride up at Crested Butte? Well, she was, when we called her, she was on her bike 
doing Duane's World over here at, if any of you that have done that, it's a steep trail over here. So not just on the bicycle, on the mountain bike, on a trail, going uphill. And she told me last week, it took about two weeks for all the pain to go away. So it was a progressive healing, okay? And the reason I'm telling you all this is because there are lessons for us to learn about receiving healing and distributing healing in all of this. All right, so I'm laying this out and we'll get into the word. But it took about two weeks. The What should have happened in the natural was it should have taken six to eight weeks if she did everything the way they told her to do for her to be pain-free. Instead, it took two weeks. So we see that a lot too. We, we don't get 100%. Sometimes we do. But if we don't get 100%, it's way better than the expectation. That's something to celebrate. And if we don't start rejoicing at those points, we're not going to get the 100% as much. So I just want to encourage you, man, this year, let's pray for the sick. We're living in a day right now where people are so conscious of, of disease. I mean, there are a lot of people around us, and I know it's not everybody. I'm not saying it's everybody. But there are people around us that are living in genuine day-to-day fear about COVID or then about other things. You start letting fear in in one area, it spreads. It will not stay in one place. And so people are living, they need their, I think they need as much as any time in my life, the body of Christ carrying the life of God to be able to come and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It is, it's such a great opportunity right now. It's such a great time. We've got to get ourselves, I don't want to talk about this today, but we've got to get ourselves out of the stupid political fight, whichever side you're on, get out of it and get into what the kingdom of God can do in this hour. That's our role, okay? All right, so... I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about his, you know, we've already said we have this privilege of knowing him and knowing his nature. And throughout the scripture, Old Testament and New, God revealed himself as our healer. This isn't just Jesus. It isn't just a new thing. This is the nature of God. He's healing is not just something God does. It is a part of his essential nature. God is love. God is a healer. He revealed himself that way. He called himself Jehovah Rapha. The word Rapha is an Old Testament word. There's a whole group of words around that word in Hebrew, but they all speak of healing. They speak of mending what has been torn, of healing what is sick, of uh, restoring what has been broken, in almost it's that that group of words is used 60 plus times in the old testament in most cases it's about physical healing there are some cases where it's used even uh to the degree of uh when when we pray and say the lord will heal our land it's this term rafa or one of the associated words it is and the lord said in exodus 15:26 he said I am the Lord, your healer. It is who I am, not just what I do. And it's essential that we understand that, that we realize this is a part of his nature. This healing is not something we have to convince God to do. 
It is not something we have to deserve. It is something he desires with all of his heart for his children, just like you guys do. You all want your children well. Why would we think that God wants it any less? So just a couple of verses there up on your screen there. Exodus 23, 25 through 26. I love this. You shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I love that image. We're here on this fallen planet. There is sickness around. I will remove it from you. I will take it out of your midst. That's a great promise. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I love that. Long life, right? Long, satisfying life, it says in Proverbs. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. If you, if you don't have these marked in your Bible, you need these verses to be at the core of what you believe uh, about the, the work of the Lord at the cross. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It goes on beyond this, but the first part is, Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. This is who he is. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. I want you to think about that. This scripture puts the forgiveness of sin on the same level as what the Lord did as far as our diseases, our sickness. All right? And and what we see in the New Testament is that, well, let's, let's go ahead and let me go to this next. Let me read this to you, and you guys probably know these verses. Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Matthew 8, to this point, comes down through a series of healings that that Jesus did. And that says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, He he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. All right. He took our infirmities. An infirmity is a weakness in our, in our physical being, a weakness, a tendency towards sickness. It could be, um, it could be something uh, that where someone has experienced a crippling injury or maybe was born uh, with a some sort of deformation in their body. It could be something like that. Uh, it certainly speaks to a compromised, what we would call a compromised immune system. An infirmity is something that stands behind disease. It allows its tendency toward being able to get sick. Uh, if you go back to Isaiah and you study out what is written there, it talks about the fact that Jesus took to himself our sicknesses our diseases. It's interesting, the scripture and in the Greek language in the New Testament, it's the same thing. There are certain scriptures where um, the Lord talks about healing disease, and that term in the Greek means uh, a, a disease that produces symptoms. You know, we have for COVID, I'm trying not to make a joke, it produces every symptom possible. I can't stare at the sun. It's COVID. No, uh, no, but it, but you know how they're a disease and it produces a set of symptoms and doctors tend to look at the symptoms, figure out what the disease is. Well, the scripture says 
he healed our diseases, the big thing behind the symptoms. It also says he deals with the symptoms. He heals our symptoms. There are two different ideas in the Greek. But it tells us this is a this is a prophecy about Jesus going to the cross. And I need you to get this. This is the idea, this is the theological idea of substitution. All right, Jesus took things to the cross for us that we couldn't carry. He carried our sin. We we know that the scripture tells us he literally became sin for us so that we could become his righteousness. He took what we couldn't take so that we could have what he has. Does this make sense to you? He became our substitute. He went to the cross and and took the wrath of God for our sin upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. He was our substitute. These scriptures tell us that Jesus and others, that Jesus also became our substitute where sickness and disease is concerned. There was no sickness in the earth before the fall of man. There is none in the garden. There is none in heaven. All right. This is a result of sin entering into the earth and death through sin. That's why it's here. It was never God's will. It was never God's desire. It is not one of God's tools. And we'll look at that in a minute. It, but I want you to understand, because here's what we do. We have heard the word about the forgiveness of sin to a degree that we never, we never see a Christian who has fallen into sin in some area. Maybe they've become addicted or maybe they've uh, developed a pornography habit or maybe they've done this or that. They've fallen into sin in some area. We never say, well, don't, don't touch that because maybe God put that sin on their life to teach them a lesson. We don't say that, do we? We don't say that. But we will say that with sickness. We'll say, well, maybe it's just God's will for them to be sick. Maybe, it's God's, maybe it was God's will, you know. He knocked her down in the kitchen against the counter to break those ribs so that she would slow down and learn a lesson. We, we might say that. We wouldn't, but people do, okay? Christians do. But they don't say that about sin. But the scripture says he became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. And it says he himself bore, took our infirmities, our sicknesses and diseases to himself on the cross. And with his stripes, we are healed substitution. It's either the same for both of those things or or neither of them are very strong. And I don't believe God puts sin in anybody's life. We would not think that. But people will tell you that God puts sickness in their life because we don't understand. We go, and I've said for years, we come up with some really bad theology when we get away from looking at Jesus. I never saw Jesus I've said this before, we'll wait. Show us where Jesus made somebody sick to teach him a lesson. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. And he said there was a situation. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying here? This is important because you've got to settle this in your life. You've, you've got to settle 
the idea. You've got to settle the idea that it is not God's will for people to be sick. That doesn't mean people are in sin. It doesn't mean they're less than. It doesn't mean any of it. just means I'm approaching this situation to bring healing because that's what Jesus would do here. I do not accept that this is God's will for their life. There may be a lifelong struggle with it. Then struggle because it is not God's will for your life, for my life, for, for anyone's life. All right, we've got to settle that in our heart. And then we've got to realize uh, that we are given a part of our assignment as the church in this age is to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. Those are not things that only happened in the book of Acts. That is our assignment. And what God assigns, God equips. He has equipped us. But it's just, it's just something that we need to spend time. I, I know when we were in Bible school, we had one teacher that, that used to say, he believed that you needed to spend time in the scriptures about righteousness, about healing, about some of these subjects, just on a regular basis. Because otherwise, we see so much of it, we tend to start slipping out of our faith in the Lord about healing. Because we see so much, there's so much sickness in the earth. And I think it's one of the greatest opportunities that we have. So let's look at another verse here. Matthew chapter 8, again. This is verses 1 through 4. And if, you know, if you go through this, of course, you have Matthew 5, 6, 7, all Sermon on the Mount. Uh, And then he came down from this whole time of of teaching. And and we come into chapter 8. It says, after he came down from teaching on the hillside. This is the Passion Translation, by the way. I really like the way this read. After he came down uh, from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began to follow him. Suddenly, a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, just listen to this. Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. You have the power to heal me if you really want to. And that's where people get hung up more times than not. Very few people that believe in God at all question the fact that God has the power to heal. They, he's God. He can heal. All right? He's God. He can raise the dead. The question becomes in the heart, but is it his desire for me? Does he want to? Is it his will? Does he want me to be healed? And and that is a practical matter. So many times when you're ministering to people, it, probably in any capacity if we think about it, but talking about healing this morning, we need to many times speak the word, know these scriptures, speak the word over them because it builds faith in their heart and so often there's a root of shame that needs to be dealt with in the heart. We don't feel deserving. We know in our own selves we're not deserving, but Jesus gives us what we don't deserve. It's not about us deserving. But that shame can keep people from receiving their healing. It can keep people bound up. So many times, if you just take time as you're praying for people, pray in the Spirit, 
see what the Lord brings up. Many times he'll have you deal with some other key, and many times it's shame, that will unlock their ability to receive. This leper came, and of course, here's a person that was being rejected by his whole society every day of his life. Wasn't allowed to be around anybody. I mean, this person was experiencing that level of rejection all the time, and it had gotten on the inside of him. And here's Jesus, and he says, I know you have the power to heal me if you want to. If you want to. If you're willing, most of our translations say. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper and said, of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly all signs of leprosy disappeared. Now this is, again, it comes down to this place of settling it in our own lives that it's God's will to heal, whether you are receiving or whether you are praying for other people. This is an essential foundation. And if you're not there, if you have questions about this, go to the Lord about it. When we have questions, when we don't understand, uh, when the disciples failed at casting out uh, a demon in somebody, I love the fact and then Jesus came along and did it. And and they went to him and asked him, why couldn't we do this? And he he said, it's because of where your faith is. Your lack of faith is what he told them. But he didn't say that to put them down, to condemn them. He said that in the other places. He said that, why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? He said that to him a few times. It wasn't to say, you know, you idiots, you know, it was it was so that he could lift them up into that place of faith to know there's something more. We can always go to him. So if we're not settled on this, the answer is going to the word, spending more time looking at Jesus, spending more, and sure, read some other good books on it, but spend the time in the word and let that faith be restored in your heart that it is God's will for people to be healed. It is his best for people to be healed. I had somebody tell me just recently, they have a certain disease that they've had for a long time. And uh, they told me just recently, they, they had in their own mind justified why that disease was a good thing in their life. And yet it causes a lot of problems in their life. And and they had just, I don't know if they got tired. I don't know if they ever knew that it was God's will or that he would heal them. I don't know. But uh, they had convinced themselves that Oh, even if it was offered, I just wouldn't accept it, you know. And and uh, anyway, we can do all kinds of things. We can do a lot to justify our own. Many times it is. It's a lack of faith on our part, but that's not the unforgivable sin. God knows we're dirt, okay? He, he picked it up and made us. He knows we're dust. And he knows it. It's so amazing to me how willing he is to speak his word again and again and again to our hearts to change who we are. It's so amazing to me. It has been all my life of the way he walks with us and transforms us and grows us and forgives us and and picks just like you guys do with your kids. The first time they fall over on the bike, you don't say, well, forget it. You're never going to be able to ride the bike. Just sell the, we're selling the thing. What you, you fell down. We don't do that with our kids. We help them and help them and help them until they're riding that bike, right? So it's the same thing with, with the Lord. So none of these things, but it's so important to us, for us to to realize. And, and you know, 
In Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, I don't have it up for you. Jesus heals a paralytic. And you'll remember this story. The first thing he says to him is, remember that? Your sins are forgiven. First thing he says to him is, your sins are forgiven. And part of that, of course, was to, you know, you read the story, it was to make the point, I have the authority to forgive sins. And and Jesus, you know, the, the leaders, uh, uh, the Jews questioned him there and said, oh, you know, it's blasphemy. How can you say that? And he said, well, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven than it is to say, get up, pick up your bed and walk. But to show you that I can forgive sins, pick up your bed and walk. And the guy picks up his bed and walks. He, the miracle speaks and points to the invisible authority that Jesus had. And it taught that lesson. But also in that is the fact that here, what this person needs is physical healing. But the first thing Jesus did does is confirm his love for the person. He says, your sins are forgiven. This is before the cross. Your sins are forgiven. And, and I see that as dealing with that person's, it, it opened his heart to receive the next thing Jesus was going to do. And I just think it's so important as we're ministering healing to people that we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that we be listening to what the Spirit of God says. And, and so that we, we don't always, you know, we don't always just pray the same prayer. We deal with what the Lord wants to deal with. And it may take several um sessions, you know, with people to to bring them to that place uh, where they can really receive what the Lord has for them. Does that make sense to you? So um, let me just give you this little list and then we'll be dis- dismissed this morning. But I, I just wanted to give you, this is only partial. I'm, I'm just going to stop here today. But, you know, as we as we think about this particular testimony that we've been talking about, it's just important for you and I, if we're going to receive these things from the Lord and be able to distribute healing and and freedom from demonic activity and all those kinds of things to people, you know, we need to be proactive in our life. And And what I saw in that was this person, whoever it might be, hurting in their bodies, they came to church. And this isn't just about getting you into church. Just think about it. There's always a reason for you not to be here. There's always a reason. There's a reason for you not to be at men's group every time we have it. There's a reason for you not to be here on Sunday morning. There are probably a dozen reasons. You have to be proactive if you're going to grow in all this stuff. You need to be where the presence of God is going to be. You need to be with the body of Christ. You need to set yourself up to grow, whether, you know, no matter what you have coming. Uh, what you have happening. That particular morning that that healing took place, she entered into worship. Again, this isn't about her. This is for all of us. She entered into worship. She didn't come into church and just think about herself. She thought about the Lord. She entered into worship. It's part of being proactive. She came up for prayer when prayer was offered. So many, I, I can think of lots of times when prayer is offered, or we have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, praying for people. And after service, somebody will come and say, you know, that was for me, but I didn't come up for prayer because I didn't want to whatever. Come up for prayer. If the Lord stops a service and gives a word, it's not an embarrassing word even. It's just a word. He cares that much about you. Receive that word. And if prayer is offered on the back of that, 
come get the prayer, you know? And so, I mean, these are, these are kind of basic things, but this stuff's all important for a foundation, you know? And, and you don't let anything keep you from receiving from the Lord, from uh, whether it's your own thoughts about yourself, whether it's, oh, I'm embarrassed to walk to the front. And the same thing would be true if somebody else offers you prayer or you ask a friend for prayer. Be willing and ready to receive We've, we've got to be receptive. The same thing on the other end. If the Lord's moving you to pray for somebody and you feel ill-equipped for some reason, if he's moving you to go pray for somebody, it's because he has confidence in what he has put in you. And what we need to do is be spending that time with him in private and then be bold in public. Go pray for the person. Go pray for the person. 99 times out of 100, they're thrilled that you came to pray for them, that somebody prayed for them, all right? God often asks us, he leads us to take a step, whether it's lifting your hands when your body, when you don't feel like it, lifting your hands, maybe getting on your knees, maybe coming to forward, maybe setting aside the time you need to set aside. There are just so many times that the Lord has us take some action that brings a breakthrough for us to be able to receive from him or to be able to distribute. So so all of this is, is just important. You think about um, the woman, I'll, I'll close after this, I promise. You think about the woman with the issue of blood. So here she is, not supposed to be out in public, not supposed to be any of that. But she had been thinking about this thing. And, and she said, you know, she said she was saying in her heart, and, and the Greek there means that she was having this continual conversation in her heart that if I could just touch, if I could just touch his cloak, I'll be healed. She knew that and she forced her way into Jesus' presence. She took that bold step to go and to receive what he would freely give. He didn't even pray for her. She just drew it out of him. We can do that. We can. He welcomes it. We can come into his presence, whether it's in here, in your own time, whatever. And we need to come with that draw. We need to come with that to just receive what Ever he has for us. I can tell you, when we all do that, it makes a big difference on the person that's up here. You know, that draw is, we can feel it. We can sense it. And that's what, to me, that's what church is about, is all of us coming together. Yes, to pour out to him, to worship him. But secondly, to draw what he has to us and be ready to take it out and give it to others. So I don't know, we may spend a little more time in the next couple of weeks on this healing issue. Again, I, it really came to me this morning. I would like for us, and again, this is for you guys personally, you know, as individuals, this is your choice. Let's set ourselves to just pray for more people. I know I keep saying I'm going to close. Uh, blame, blame, blame the Lord. I think these thoughts are from him. We know a number of people who have big healing ministries. And I've seen a lot of tremendous miracles. Almost every one of, every one of them that I can think of says, I know there's one guy who says, I prayed for a thousand people before I saw anything really happen. You know, they just started praying for people. The one young guy that we just met this last year, uh, 
or in one of his meetings, he was saying, you know, I just came to this place where I realized I'm not going to see any more people healed unless I start praying for more people. And that's when he started seeing them healed. You know, and I know this is not just about healing, but think about where we're living right now. People need to know Jesus loves them. Jesus is a healer. And that healing is so often what opens the door to the rest of the gospel. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick. He didn't say just lay hands on believers. He said, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. All right, I'm shutting up. Let's stand up and pray this morning. Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning, I I thank you for who you are in this particular area, Lord, that you have declared yourself to be the Lord, our healer, and Jesus demonstrated it. And for anybody who would agree in this room today, Father, I I pray that we as a church would be about this work, other work too, but that we would be about this work this year. And that, Father, I ask you to give us those opportunities, even when they're scary. Lord, give us those opportunities to pray for the sick and to see you heal these people and to see you honored as the one who loves, the one who heals, the one who forgives. Father, we thank you for and for our own personal lives, Lord, where there are things in our own bodies. Lord, we fight these things in ourselves, in our households. Father, we receive your healing virtue into ourselves, into our households for us and to pour out to others. And Lord, we pray over our community. We pray this every week that this community, Lord, would be free from sickness and from disease. Lord, that sickness and disease will not dictate our actions. It is not worthy. It does not hold that position to dictate our lives and our actions. And instead, Lord, we pray for a fountain of healing in this body and in every church in this valley. Lord, in every church in this valley, I pray for an increase in the healing virtue of Jesus flowing through believers. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, did you get something out of this? Tell me you did. All right. On the count of three, we are going to be dismissed. If you need prayer for healing or anything else, please come up after service. We'd love to pray for you. And uh, But yeah, go out, fellowship. There are goodies out there if you're not fasting yet. And uh, go out and be the church, okay? So one, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. God's doing great things. listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.